0: Welcome to episode 130 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we tackle part 2 of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Without further ado, let's get into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I am your host, Michael Ruffalo. On today's episode, we are picking up part two of Breath of the Wild, where we'll be covering the last two Divine Beasts, Ganon, and some of our favorite little side quests and moments throughout the game. Um, But joining me, before I get into any of that, uh, two good friends who are here for part one the man, the myth, the chief gun officer of the Left Behind Game Club himself,
0: Mr. Muhammad Murtadi. Aw, thanks, Mike. Zelda part two with some good buddies. Let's go. I'm excited
1: let's go and also joining a special guest friend of uh, friend of the show um, you heard him in part one mr. Galen Havey how you guys doing I'm excited to keep talking about a great game that just keeps on giving to us there we go I'm I'm so excited to keep talking about uh, another great game let us do a quick recap of what we covered in the first episode. Um, For anyone that hasn't listened to it, I highly suggest you go and and take a listen. But what we covered in that first episode were the first two Divine Beasts. Uh, I believe that was... Anyone remember?
2: Uh, We had Va-Ruta and Va-Rudania.
1: There we go. Yes. And so uh, if you're going by sight, uh, Va-Ruta is the big elephant Divine Beast and Va-Rudania is the salamander the one that you fight in the lava pits um and they both give you two special powers and i think this episode we're going to talk a little bit more about those special powers that they give you because um this is the one where i felt we had the best powers um va meadow and vanda give you some some really fun things to do um so now that we've covered a bit of what we we talked about in the last episode again highly recommend going back to to check out that first one Um, Let's hop into, I think, one of the, you know, the staples of any Zelda game. And that is getting through the Lost Forest to find the Great Deku Tree and
0: getting the Master Sword. Um, How did we go about doing that? Um, Did you guys get it right away? Uh, Because for me, this was like my end of, like, I I did all of the Divine Beasts. And that was the point when I was able to earn, like, the Master Sword, essentially. When did you guys kind of tackle it?
2: Uh, I came across it like completely organically, which uh, I'm very proud to say. Uh, but yeah, I was doing some other stuff like off somewhere else in the map. I don't remember what. And all I remember is like the spot that's like essentially I think is just south of where the, the Great Forest is or the Lost Forest uh, is has like a bit of height to it. And I just remember looking down and seeing this like misty forest and just being so intrigued and just stopping everything I was doing. and being. Oh, like, wow.
0: I'm going to go over there. Yeah. Yeah, so you saw it from above, like you actually like saw it as like a destination, like in the world, and then just went up to it and then found the Master Sword.
1: If my memory serves me correctly, wow, cool. yeah, that's how it went. <laughs> so, I I did it early on in the game because I found the forest, I found the Master Sword, and then I realized, oh, I will kill myself if I don't have enough hearts yeah. <laughs> uh, to do this. Um, and so, one of the things that I did was at that point I was like, okay. I just need to go find every little shrine along the way, um, because my my view in playing games like this, any big RPG, is let me grind out a bunch of these True. little things yeah. that end up making my experience that much better. Let me get all of the the best armor, all of those other things, and um, and then steamroll the actual bosses, right? The actual like mainline <laughs> story. There are so many big RPGs that I've spent hundreds. of Maybe even a thousand of a thousand of hours in that I have not meet, beaten the main story quest because I am too busy doing all of the other things preparing for yeah. it, and then and then life gets in the way, um, and so I I did this pretty early. I completed a bunch of shrines to get enough hearts, um, and uh, and yeah, and and then I was I, I grabbed the sword. I did it fairly early on. I think it was before I completed the the last two divine beasts, but I think I had it for. Th- for three Divine Beasts,
0: wow. if I'm being honest. Wow, cool.
2: Yeah, I believe I was kind of in the middle. I don't remember exactly in my playthrough when I did it, but I do remember I had already done at least one Divine Beast, and I kind of came across it, like I said, organically. Uh, and it, one of the... Like, I came across the forest organically, but I did not figure out how to get through it and how to get the, uh,
1: the sword out organically. I had to use a guide for that. Got you. Yeah. So before you can get to the Master Sword, which, you know, very typically is stuck in the ground... Uh, you know, you gotta. Your, your little link has to be King Arthur, and only the true can pull it out of the stone. Um, you need to get through the Lost Woods. And the Lost Woods can be a massive pain. They are a forest with a huge amount of mist that if you take a wrong turn, you get spit back right at the beginning of it. Um, did you guys have trouble getting through it, or was it a pretty easy go?
0: When I eventually was like looking for the Master Sword, I think it was. I feel like it was fairly straightforward because like the mechanic was essentially like. As you're drifting, if the if the fog kind of consumes you, that means you've gone too far. Uh, and like I, I found that it gave you if you had if you're glued to like your switch or your TV, you can in- see when that kind of picks up. And as long as you're not reckless, just running around and go step by step. I think I found it my first try. I don't think I got spit back, but I did get close with the the whiteout of the screen coming up pretty close. Uh, didn't find it too hard though, uh, Mike. What about you, Galen?
2: Uh yeah, like I I did not clue into me right away. I must've just not been paying him enough attention, but I I did need a guide to get through it. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that because I was happy with what came out the other side, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) it was, it was not intuitive for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think I had a very similar experience to Mo in that, you know, I started cluing in on the design clues that the screen would, would white out, but I definitely had a bunch of moments where I was kicked back to the beginning. Uh, I think one of the things that I picked up visually Along the way was that the different torches that were set up that you needed to walk towards. Yeah, uh, the wind would blow the embers in the direction that you oh. were supposed to go. Oh. Cool. So as long as you like tended to go in that direction, which I think like visually mm-hmm. they're trying to cue you in that way anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not something I think you would like normally pick up. Um, you'd be able to get through it with, without too much issue. What I did find annoying was once I had figured it out the first time. And got into the Korok Forest and found the Master Sword, but wasn't able to pull it out. Every time that I had to go back, um, I just found it super annoying to have to, like, figure out, oh, okay, I have to turn here, I have to go this way, I have to do that. Yeah. Um, it just became a bit of a chore the more that I felt I needed to go back to it.
0: You, sorry, I didn't catch it. Did you get the shrine that was there?
1: I didn't do it on the first, first okay, go. Okay, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, I was going to Which is...
1: <laughs> Which yeah exactly. Once you complete that shrine, it's it's easy to teleport right into it. But it was not something I had the forethought to do.
0: Ah okay yeah that's my first thing. That's literally if I hear a shrine and it's nearby, I have to like get. It. I'm like I don't want to walk all the way over here or fly all the way over here. I'm like this is my like checkpoint.
1: I I think like the game trained me to to do that at some point. At some point it not only was it like let's go and find every and complete every shrine. So that way, you know, we get the hearts, we get the um, stamina, etc. cetera. Um, but I think it also just trained me to be like, oh, this is the easiest way to travel around the map. So just complete as many of these as possible or get as many of these as you can. So that way you can travel around pretty quickly and easily. Yeah,
0: and especially like near like, well, when, once you've got like a good chunk of shrines, let's say you've done a couple divine beasts or a few of them, you can almost like throw a dart, on a, like a dartboard on the map to where they're going to be because they're like so equally dispersed around the map whereas if you see like oh you have this giant area where we have no shrines go like take a stroll down there you're going to see three like it's the, the map's pretty cool like that where every single part kind of has like a mini built-in geographic like checkpoint location to load into
1: I couldn't echo that more I think this map is so well designed there
0: are, there are things at every turn
1: and it seems so well put together there's such diversity there's yeah, but just just amazing. I think the only weak part is where there's these massive valleys out of the middle of nowhere that uh, gatekeep one section from the other that ends up making you, you know, forced to, to cross a bridge somewhere. Yeah,
0: totally. Um, I had a quick question then, since, like, am I all of my Divine Beast fights didn't have the Master Sword, like, involved. I was always, like, swapping random weapons and trying my best. Uh, how did you guys feel fighting any of the Divine Beasts with the sword? Because, like, if you got it now, before, like, any of the, like, last couple, like, how, how were they just easy-peasy, swipe-swipe, and they're dead? Or was it hard still? It was a
2: relatively powerful weapon, uh, especially, like, for some of the lesser enemies in the game. It could wipe them out pretty quickly. But I didn't find that it made uh, the experience uh, any better better or worse like i just it i think the uh the base damage on it was like 30 and then on guardians it would do like 60 oh, uh so okay. f- for the guardians it helped out a lot but for most of the enemies in the game you could find other weapons that could perform just as well um and as we'll talk about later like for some of the bosses i don't really feel like it impacted me totally. uh, too much yeah. in the fight with them
1: I, I totally echo that Galen. Like I, I didn't think it was an especially strong weapon. I think one of the things we should mention is that the Master Sword ends up glowing like like a laser beam, like a like a lightsaber, anytime you're near Ganon's Blight, um, and it ends up being you know like Galen said, especially strong against those creators or those creatures, but not so strong that I felt like it was an OP weapon by by any means. Um, the one key unique feature of it is that. Like, every weapon, it breaks, but it restores itself. It comes back. Um, I was actually surprised that it breaks. I thought it was going to be the one weapon that did not break. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was just, you know, this is, like, the adamantium sword.
0: Yeah, they probably were, like, testing it. and They're like, okay, this is going to be, like, a cheat code. Like, we have to do something to disable it. Like, it can't be just a better-than-average sword the entire game. This is, like, it's little quirk that makes you still calculate if it's worth bringing along or not. Or, like, using it in yeah, a fight. Yeah,
1: imagine imagine what the game would be like after you get the master sword if it doesn't break oh you know like you just you wouldn't use anything
0: exactly else. exactly
2: i do think that was a really smart design design decision in the end just because i feel like the fact that it does break still kind of forces you to go look for other weapons and pick other stuff up and experiment a little more because it is going to uh become useless at some point so i've kind of mm-hmm. uh, as much as they were probably like oh it'd be really cool if this was the one weapon that didn't Break at all? I feel like it was the right decision to make it so it does have like a bit of a
0: cooldown time. Um, I'm I'm gonna be silly for asking this one. So like, it's there's the master sword. Uh, Link has like a fancy shield in all of the games. Sorry for my Zelda ignorance. Um, Is there a master shield? Sorry if this is dumb.
2: Uh. I think me and Mike are thinking the same thing. That's something we're probably going to get to later.
0: Okay, I didn't get no master shield. I just used whatever <laughs> hunk of wood or metal was laying around from like that, the Boblikans.
2: Honestly, I'm really surprised. Uh, I'm really happy that you brought that up now because it, it does kind of point to. Uh, I'll touch on it. I'm sure, or maybe Michael touch on. I it think too. you should
1: just get into it. I think you should just get into it, Galen.
2: Okay. Uh, the what like, I I love this game with all my heart. The one flaw that we're going to get to uh, is the. Approach up to Ganon's castle. Um, Rivali's Gale kind of makes a lot of that not necessary. And by... Def- so what that does is it makes it so you don't explore a lot of the castle. Because that shield is located, like, in the underbelly of that castle. If you uh, go... Exp- yeah, so that's like... Re- it's in the prison. Yeah, so if you go, like, explore Ganon's castle, eventually you'll find it. But okay. r- for a lot of people, they didn't end up finding it because, like, they either used, like, Rivali's Gale or they just went up... Like a completely different route and just completely yes. missed it.
0: Mm-hmm. I will
1: tell you all about how I swam up all the waterfalls yep. <laughs> uh, as, as, <laughs> wow. we, as we get
0: into to Ganon's castle. Okay, gospel. okay. I, I'm um, excited because I had no idea. But, I just always seen a shield everywhere. I'm like, I didn't see anything and I, I, I wasn't playing the traditional way, I guess. I was just kind of grinding and trying to like finish off like the bad guys. So maybe I agree it. with you though.
1: I agree. I'm kind of surprised there wasn't like a built-in story moment with Epona or Epona or whatever you want to pronounce it. <laughs> there wasn't a built-in story moment with the shield. Um, the only one that they really force you through is the Master Sword for for obvious reasons. <laughs> kind of
0: cool to know though. Um,
1: yeah, but before we can get to Ganon in the castle and how we approach that, we have to, we have to get through the next two or the final two Divine Beasts. Let's start with uh, the Rito Village and Vamedo, the, uh, the great bird divine beast um what do you what do you guys remember about that uh that that setup
0: um i i liked it i like valmetto i think probably my favorite it was, it was the first one um that i completed in terms of the divine beast primarily because they the walkthrough that like kind of was giving me my suggestions and explaining what all of them did they're like this this one's generally accepted as like the first or second one you do in a nutshell once you kind of hop on it its mechanic is like because it's a bird and it's flying like when it tilts Things kind of like happen differently for you there. So like, it's a giant mechanical bird that tilt. It got, it gave me total uh Shadow of the Colossus vibes, because there's that one like bird that's flying around and you have to jump on its wings and traverse its wings and dodge stuff. It, a lot of these divine beasts like felt like colossi, I guess. But this one was probably the most, just because of like you having to deal with like the wind and running around.
2: So speaking of Shadow of the Colossus. Uh... Another fight that kind of reminded me of that game. Did you guys fight, ever fight any of the stone talus in the game?
0: What's the stone talus?
1: Oh, I know what you mean now. Those are these, like, the giant stone-like uh, obelisks, or not obelisks, like golems, with, like, the gems on their back, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You had as, to have, On the have.
0: island, I think there was one guy, or, like, one There's, of the
2: there's a few throughout the game so essentially they're just these big you don't notice them at first uh they're just rocks in the ground and then as you walk by them uh they start to get up and then you're like, like surprise you're in a battle <laughs> yeah and then <laughs> i think probably like my favorite music plays in the game like the the theme for that battle is like uh there's some fun stuff going on there and i love it um but you can't cause any damage to them just by running up and attacking them you have to climb them and they're not very big but you do have to climb them and then get on top and then essentially smack their weak point, which is, like Mike said, like a little gem uh,
1: right on top of them. Oh, wow. The the other thing you can do is use a bow and arrow because oh, the yeah. bow, bow and arrow will allow you to um, hit them with like an explosive arrow and, you know, take them down.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Um,
1: and then once you kill or once you defeat them, you get all of these gems just start popping out of the, popping out of the ground right next to them in the same way that when you defeat the, the big, like, what are they called the one-eyed ogres i'm blanking what those are called but when you defeat those giant one-eyed ogres they also drop like toenails and a bunch of other things uh, weapons i always carried around one of those metal oil shafts like cranks as a weapon uh, because they were so good for breaking rock like any oh. any like anything i needed to like mine along the way and any of those like stone guys it was just, it was like hyper durable against them.
0: Yeah, I always kept like a beater giant hammer, and that was my like harvesting one. Like, there's like a stone mallet or something. Yes. Or like a pickaxe. Whenever I saw one of those, I'm like, "You're definitely staying here. You're my utility." You know, like, do you remember in, in the first couple Pokemon when you have that HM Pokemon that holds all of your HMs? Because
1: HM cut. Yeah. Cut. HM surf. Yeah, surf
0: strength. All of them in one Pokemon. That that, that hammer was my utilitary like Pokemon
1: i totally relate i did the same thing with like a woodcutter's axe yeah. or a battle axe i was like i'm not wasting my good little swords on trees that i need to cut down for wood yeah i'm just gonna hold on to this woodcutter's axe and have have one use for it
0: did anyone leave a slot for a torch because i did i thought it was going to be useful <laughs> yes. and it never was it never was and that was what <laughs> zelda did to me it kept me holding a torch for no
2: reason the the workaround for that is you always keep like a wooden club that doubles as a weapon and you can always light it on fire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally.
0: I I love I I wish I would have used more of that like little that, that was like very late game when I discovered all this. Mm-hmm. I think it's like stuff that you learn and you it makes you want to go back kind of. It's one of those like, oh I should have did this more and this this game kind of allows you to get a chance to do it."
1: Yeah. Um uh, so I guess getting back to Vom Um you end up seeing Revali, who is like the ancient hero of the, the Rito people. Um, and they help, they guide you through the, the Vom Meadow, uh, experience trying to, trying to get everything back to where it should be. Va Meadow, I don't know what it was, but was the, was the divine beast that gave me the best sense of scale. So I totally relate to the like shadow of the Colossus, like, comparison for that one in particular totally um but once once you get through that you end up getting to wind blight ganon which for me i think was actually one of the like easiest forms of ganon to get through um i think the the easiest one was on um the the i'm blanking on the name of the vine beast but the the giant elephant one um Hmm. this one was like a close second to me
2: yeah this one for me was like I did this in the reverse of mode this is my last divine beast i came across and like at this point i had learned basically all the mechanics in the game all the all the major ones and had learned my lesson on uh coming into a fight prepared with arrows so i went into every basically major battle I thought I might get into with, like, way too many arrows and was w- more than prepared for this guy. Ah,
0: okay, yeah, because this one was the arrow one. It, like, propels you up or whatever and you can, like, slow motion arrow shot. Yeah. Uh, d- d- okay, so I played on the Switch, like, console itself, like, the handheld mode, essentially. Um, there was... A, they they added in, like, the... When you tilt the device, you can kind of aim your arrow a little bit better. Uh, Mike, did you get that, too, with, like, the console, like... Playing With just the joy cons and yeah. like a pro controller or something,
1: so yeah, with the pro controller, it also has that, um, that element in it. Uh, the, the motion control, I found that super frustrating. <laughs> I thought, like, totally. I don't know, like it made it forced me to like hold my hands incredibly still, and I don't know why I didn't want to go into the um, the settings and turn off motion control. I knew
0: there was a way, didn't I? <laughs> I ah.
1: there's totally a way to do it. You could go in and turn off the motion controls, but I also remember moments where I was, like, you know, trying to lift something with the magnesis and, like, lifting it with my hands, too, to help, like, control it. Did it work? Um, Oh, yeah, it totally works. totally helps. But, you know, there's... It definitely... Caused me a lot of like pain and issue when I was trying to shoot the bow.
0: Yeah, that was definitely one of my least favorite mechanics. And it was just, I had like an initial moment earlier. I'm like, okay, I get it. It's adding a new like quirky way. I'll get better at it when the game goes on. But like more than halfway along into the game, I'm like, this is something I could do without. But I just, just like you, I didn't go into the settings. But if there was a way to disable it, and if someone hasn't completed the game and we're annoyed with arrows, I'd probably disabling that will help you. Because it just, it, it could literally deviate your, where you're pointing if you're like laying in a weird way or you're playing like slouched or whatever. So, yeah, not a huge yeah, fan of it.
1: Totally. Totally. So, um, I don't know what was your, you know, I think Mo described the, um, i blanking on the name of the fish people. Do you guys remember the, the, the name of the, the Zoras? Yes, the Zoras. You described the Zoras as like bird people in the last episode. But the Rito are the real bird people in this game. What did you? What was your take on the Rito? Because I I know they've been in other games before, but this is the first one where they struck me as kind of just like kind of dicks. You know, like they were all cocky, like fighter aces. They reminded me of like Top Gun, Falco. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Literally felt like, and I don't mean this as like a pun on them being able to fly, but like they felt like they were above you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's how they behave. Yeah, it was all it was um, all like competition.
0: All like, "Hey, we're going to beat you. Like, and you're not good. You can't fly." Haha. It's like, "Wait, what? Like, yeah. I don't have wings." Like, chill. <laughs> yeah exactly. just to
2: wait till I get this Rivoli's Gale yeah, t- yeah by the exactly.
0: way Rivoli's Gale I probably would say is my favorite uh, yeah I'd say it's my favorite most used ability so like he, he did have a reason to brag because like once he gets you like hooked up with the Rivali's gale you're like oh, I get it I get it now I'm better than all of these people <laughs> turns out flying is
1: actually pretty cool <laughs> So yeah, like I guess we should explain that. Um, I think we mentioned once you complete each divine beast, you get the spirit of the champion, um, and they provide you some little power up or benefit to use. Rivali's Gale is the one that you get when you complete Von Meadow, and that if you hold the jump button um, ends up you know, creating this, like, gust of wind underneath you and shooting you, like, into the air, what, like, 50 feet, 100 feet or something? It's a
0: good chunk um, of distance.
1: Yeah. Like, a good a good amount in the air and allows you to just glide wherever you need to go or grab onto a wall that was otherwise, like, too high and out of reach. Yeah. Um, or that you might not have had enough stamina to climb. It was one of the most used, um, for me, it was probably the most used, like, ability that I had. I'm not sure I used the um, the the shield ability. I'm not sure I used the others nearly as much. But I found Rivali's Gale to be the most useful uh, champion
0: spirit of them all. Totally. There's like some times when like, I'm like, okay, I have to get all the way there. That's like three Rivali Gale charges and then I can probably walk <laughs> the next little bit. I'm just like calculating in my head. I'm like, I can get really far, but I need at least four uh, jumps for this one kind of thing.
2: Yeah, and I think the other important thing too is like all that came uh with like zero cost of stamina too. So you could just like bust it out really quickly. And like if you were in a fight and you were doing so well, you could just like
0: ah, good use. like
2: push the eject button and get out just of it. Just nope
1: right out of there. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, such a great ability. I'm I'm I was so happy when they gave that to me because I felt like, oh, I don't have to climb to the highest point in this area and glide over to wherever it is. Like I feel like I actually can use my glider a lot more now. And I didn't also feel like I had to cheese it by creating a fire on the ground and some grass and using the updraft to like get wherever I needed to go.
0: I'm wondering if maybe we discover like you know how, like, so a lot of people will play this and say, ah, maybe I don't get it, or maybe I, I don't want to play it, because it's, it's, maybe it does seem too big and nothing's explained. It could be the suggestion everyone should have to be like, did you get the Bird Divine Beast yet? Just be specific to someone who hasn't played it. <laughs> and if they say no, then you're like, do the Bird. And then when yeah. they get the the jumping ability, then they're like, oh, okay, I get this game. I get the scale because now I can traverse it. Whereas let's say they do the first two Divine Beasts and are still walking around places. I can see someone wanting to pull their hair out if they didn't get the, the hint earlier.
2: Yeah, kind of like I, I played most of this game without a guide. Uh, I mean, I went to it for certain points, but I do remember like the few times when I did consult YouTube to help me out with something. And then all, like, I had no idea this ability existed. And then you just see somebody use it in a fight and you're like, wait, like, wait, that's what? a thing <laughs> like that. <laughs> that would have changed my life.
0: <laughs> totally.
1: Yeah, sweet. So, okay. I, I think we've covered the uh Von Meadow and the Rito people. Let's move on to the next Divine Beast, which is the Gerudos and Boris. Um, what was your What was your experience there, guys? What was your, like, initial opinion getting over there?
0: This one was, like, a roller coaster, but it was fun. But, like, I got lost. I didn't know what to do. I, like, had to do so many walkthroughs. But in a a nutshell, this is, like, the, I guess, the the divine beast that's in the sand. And you meet, like, essentially two groups of people to, like, get it it started I guess I'll warm it up. So essentially how you are introduced to it is the village that, like, holds the divine beast. I believe it's female only. And obviously, being Link, you don't have your friend Zelda to get you, like, uh, into the door. So you have to find a way to, uh, I guess, break into the, the village. And the best way is you pretty much throw someone some coin. They give you a dress and, like, a face covering. <laughs> and boom, you are girl Link. <laughs>
1: yeah. it was. I thought that was so funny. Like, I think this was the area that felt like it had the most personality to me. And was the most, like, world building. Uh, because I remember... The Gerudo from other Zeldas, but I don't remember them having this much, like, personality, culture, etc. I thought it was so cool to see this, like, gigantic warrior Amazonian, like, women-like town and tribe where they had these, like, interesting customs that was like, oh, no, men are not allowed in here anyway. Yeah, it's like the Valkyries, kind of, like,
0: totally, it's like the exact same thing, but it's like the Zelda world version of them.
1: Yeah. And I loved all the little side quests around the town, like having to like, you know, sneak in on some of the conversations and overhear what's being said and, you know, trick your way into X, Y, and Z place. Like all of the different ways that you had to like maneuver it as like a man in this woman's world. I thought it was pretty funny.
0: Totally. Did you guys know exactly where to get the costume or whatever? Or was it just me skipping the like chat to like not realize? I what? think it was you skipping Darn, the I, chat. I was convinced. <laughs> I, I was walking around that desert like going and trying to figure out who to talk to. It kept telling me to go to talk to this person. And yeah, anyways, not a nutshell, they're on top of a house and not standing in front of you where they should be.
1: Yeah, there's a there's little <laughs> oasis that you get to before you get um, to the Gerudo village. And that's the oasis where they give you the, the clothing. Um, it's also where I think you get, like, the first taste of all the things around here. Like, there's desert watermelon, and there's, like, these walrus that you can ride, and there's just all of these, like, interesting little, again, just bits of culture that I thought was, like, really fun and really cool. Uh, anything else you guys want to add about the Gerudo before we get into Boris or, or Chief Region? Uh, I'd,
0: I really just liked the... The region in general and how totally different it was. Like yeah, you can say it's, it was just like a desert, but it was if it almost seemed like it snuck up on you and then you're in a full-on desert. No matter where you look, there was dunes, mountains, uh, cliffs, or villages, and like the sand was also blocking your vision, and it just kind of made you feel like you're in a completely different ecosystem, completely different region. Like this game's massive, but like let's be honest, it's not like a, an actual like location massive. But like in terms of like previous video games, I think they've like. They've, they, the, the one small comment I'm going to add with this is like, so the Switch in general, it's hard to build scalable, good-looking, big games. And I don't think anything needs to be any better looking mechanically sound or like as expansive as what Breath of the Wild did. And I think this level is a good example of it.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that I also loved about just the, the whole biome was you would stumble across a little uh, you could tell it was a city that was just buried in sand yeah and like there were a couple like statues like poking out from under and if you used your magnesis you could see that there was chests underneath that you could pull out of the sand um and there were all these cool little things to do but it it just gave hints of a world that previously existed and like very unique cultures that you weren't able to like see or experience right now but like did exist So once we, I think, so that's enough about the Gerudo. I think we can't talk about the Gerudo without talking about Chief Riju, who is like, I don't know, how old do you think she is? Like 12 years old or something? And she's like the the queen, the the princess who becomes queen of this area uh, because her her mother's disappeared. Um, And you find her gigantic bodyguard right next to her, like (laughs) keeping you at bay and keeping you in line at every step along the way. Um, and what she basically says is hey um, I need you to go help find this like giant lightning helmet um, <laughs> and when you do it gives you this like amazing ability to be able to approach uh, Vonda Boris who's I don't know, what would you say like this it's um, a camel
0: right he's camel? a giant camel yeah, yeah I'm pretty yeah, sure it's
1: giant funny. camel yeah so it's a giant camel that is shooting lightning um uh, all over the place and the only way you can approach it is when you put on this like helmet made of gold with all these little lightning rods on it that prevent you from getting like struck um and in similar fashion to the other divine beasts you end up riding one of the uh either your friends or their walrus <laughs> uh, right up to them until you can you know get on top and and take 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 after this
0: one was like a carbon copy of like a shadow of the colossus level because there's one in particular when one of the like colossi is walking you have to shoot under their feet because that's where the weakness is these weren't under the feet but they were pretty close by and it was like a giant walking in the desert kind of thing i i was digging it but the surfing was hard to control and i was glad that i was finally able to enter the, the divine beast rather than like spend a whole time leading up to it
2: I'm glad that you said it because i also was about to say that this is like pro this was probably the hardest divine beast just to approach for me like it just took me so many tries but i also like weirdly had the most fun with it like i enjoyed the challenge just because if i remember correctly you're riding around and like a, you have to be in this very small circle or else uh basically you'll just fail a mission <laughs> um and then you just end up getting kicked out of it and then having to start it over um but i just found like the challenge was like just kind of it was everything about this divine beast to me was just kind of like perfect like the challenge of getting there the challenge of uh the boss at the end i
1: thought was all like really good did you guys fight any of the forgive forgive me listeners i don't know the actual name of the beast but there are these gigantic beasts in the sand they might be leviathans they might be like sandworms or whatever um whenever i saw them i thought of um, i thought of dune <laughs> Um, but they they basically like are in the sand and will come after you and are giant sand whales, I guess. Is, oh, is maybe no, I, I don't them. think i You didn't face a, any of this? I stock? fought one of them and it, okay. again, was a
2: challenge that was like, it was definitely a challenge <laughs> uh, but one that I like thoroughly, thoroughly
1: enjoyed. Gotcha. So when I fought those I was using a walrus to, okay. to get around or a sand walrus whatever we want to call them. Um, and that gave me like a ton of practice for, for getting to the divine beast and and handling that type of like attack where there's this thing in the middle that you have to go after and you also have to like control the, the walrus at the same time. Um, did you guys find the great fairy fountain out there in the Leviathan's bones?
0: No, I did not. I I did not miss
1: that. Okay, so if you, so I spent a lot of time just like in the desert, just trying to figure out what's out there. And there is, um, like many parts of the map, uh, these giant Leviathan bones. And when you get there, you see there's a great fairy fountain, one of those big leaves with all of these little fairies around it, which honestly, one of the best lifesavers going into a boss battle, mm-hmm. because you just grab as many of these fairies as, as you can. And when you die, they are released and they bring you back to life. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was—I thought the fairies were super we cool. It was a different way. A
0: what did you say about the, fi- okay. the fairies? They—they—they they, they keep bringing you alive. Like, what does that mean? Like, you don't die.
1: Oh, yeah. So, like, you know the little glowing orb fairies. I, th- I think I've seen not that. the great fairy, yeah. the little glowing orb. I- I've been able you to know, grab like the one. hey, listen, yeah. you know, like one of those like Davy yeah. from uh, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. I don't know. they exactly. did
0: like uh, any like do you have to cook them or anything, or you just swallow them? No, uh, what? <laughs> what are we doing to these fairies? <laughs>
1: yeah, don't don't cook your fairies. Sorry, right? <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: I was thinking, do I get long life? Is this like you, uh, you can try, but uh, if have some kind of sure. stuff,
1: you might <laughs> get a pixelated like ugly dish that. Goron Ramsey would not be happy with. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, but it is a super powerful ability to have one of those guys, or a couple of them, in your back pocket um, as an item. But, yeah, I loved finding all of the fairies, and I used every opportunity I could to have them upgrade every piece of clothing that I had. Did you guys spend any time, like, upgrading those?
0: I did the first, like, mission where you see the first uh, fairy, great fairy fountain past that one village, and then didn't really come back since. Because once, once I began it, I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm satisfied, kind of thing.
2: Fair. I beat, or sorry, I didn't beat. Uh, I found the first one uh, that's pretty pretty obvious to find. And then I stumbled across a second one uh, first, right near, I'm blanking on the name, the name of that village that you helped build up.
1: Oh, Town? Yeah. Or Town? Yeah,
2: yeah. I found, there's one pretty close to there that I stumbled on.
1: Yeah, the, the, the side quest with Hudson that I think we'll talk a little bit more about later. Yep. Um, I am too far into the great fairies to drop it. There is a great fairy. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but there is a great fairy that is exclusively for horses. It looks like a horse. Okay. You know how they all look like these voluptuous, like, belly dancing women? Yes. Or mermaids yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Like, this one is a horse uh, with a horse mask, and of course it uh, is. we'll gi- we'll give you benefits for your horses instead of your 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 armor and your clothing. It's gonna be the most googled uh,
0: thing after listening to this podcast. Horse, fairy. Yeah. make this number
1: one trending on uh, on Twitter. I'm I'm begging for it. Um, come into the Discord and let me know if you also found the horse fairy, horse fairy, and um, don't cook Navi. <laughs> don't cook no. Hey meat. Yeah, listen. Exactly. Don't cook no. <laughs> I'll tell you to listen. Yeah. <laughs> listen to this dish. Um So okay, okay, we talked a bit about the Gerudo. There are a ton of really fun little side quests there, but I don't think we can we have time to get into them all. Let's talk about Vanda Boris and um you know the I think it's Thunderblight Ganon. Yep. Um what was your experience there, guys? Uh, How did you find okay, it? Okay, this
0: is my most difficult um, Ganon, by a long shot, because I, I was attempting it at, like to beat him for a while, um, and not to jump all the way to the fight, but like I i got to a point where I was convinced, I'm like, how do you defeat this person without the electrical ability from uh, the previous Divine Beast? I did so. This is my fourth one that I did. And it got to the point when he he kind of there's a, there's in each I guess blight you, there's always like stages it seems like there's like a first stage where they're doing a certain type of attacks or the second or third or whatever it might be. Yep. This one it got to like the second or last stage and he's kind of all armored up and just charges. And I had no shields. I came into most of these fights like not a, I don't know why like I'm assuming like there's not going to be a, a blight fight, but I always never had like health or the right shields or it, I always used them up this one in particular i had nothing and no matter what i did i couldn't defeat him and then i used the electrical ability and that finally kind of shredded him enough to, to finish that last segment but it was a very hard mission like a uh, blight for me
2: yeah this was the only boss uh or yeah like blight cannon that i actually like took a break from that i went into the fight died a few times and then was like all right i feel like i need to level up some stuff like get some new hearts or like get some more stamina or learn how to parry, which, or uh, dodge at the correct (laughs) time, which is very important in this fight. Uh, So yeah, this is the only one I took a break from and ended up going around and kind of did like kind of what Mike talked about earlier, like doing a lot of grinding in order to like feel ready for it. And then came back and kind of squeaked it out. And also it didn't clue into me right away uh, for part of the fight that you have to use uh, magnesis to sort Ah. of like stun him.
0: Yeah. I lucked out on that one. I just literally—I I love the Magnesis. I think I told you guys in the previous call. Like, I pretty much became Magneto, and like yeah. that, was the, that was that was part my second or third <laughs> top used like weapon was the magnet magnetism. Because if there's anything around there, I'm chucking it at you. Like, catch it. Hey, here's this fridge. Yeah. Catch. Like.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I also found this to be a pretty difficult um, boss, but in the you know you guys both play Demon Souls or Dark Souls. Like, once you complete it. You're, you feel really proud of yourself um, I felt I felt really proud of myself completing this one. I didn't feel like um, this was like a walk in the park by any means but also it didn't feel unfair like it felt mm-hmm. like if I had learned the mechanics better which I think it forced me to yep. um, I'd be able to, to knock him out no problem.
0: I don't want to sell myself short but I think if I came to this like this uh, divine beast first, I don't think there'd be any chance I could like beat it without like knowing the mechanics, knowing how to dodge, and just how to yeah. prop. So it's almost like this one. There might be. I'm not sure if there is, but there might be some kind of like block in the story where you might not be able to reach this this one until maybe you beat another one. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like something similar to that. Whether it be like, hey, you have to like, you need the jump ability like minimum or something. I'm not sure. This I was- think
1: if you're a new like player you're and, and not someone who's like speed running it and making a point yeah. like this is an area that you're kept from by just like stronger macoblins hanging around you know sure. like stronger enemies before you even get there
2: this was the fight that uh made me stop cheesing the lionels
0: <laughs> no really did you <laughs> wait i want to get into like the lionels after but like uh i'm excited to see how you guys kind of fought some of them
1: yeah, I, I think there's a lot to talk through on the on the Lionel front, but we'll save that for the the castle because I think that's where we face the most of them. Totally. Um, so once you complete Vonaborus, you get um, I think it's Urbosa. That's the uh, that's the champion of of this area. You get Urbosa's Fury, um, which let me tell you, that is my favorite um, champion's hero. It's not the one that I use the most because I ended up hoarding a lot of like uses of it because I think you get three before it depletes and then you have to wait, I don't know, 20 minutes or whatever for it to come back. But um, it was the one that I loved the most. Like in, in any fight, if I felt like I was being like beaten down or if I didn't have a chance, I would hold the attack button, I would charge up and as soon as you let go, it shoots lightning down all around you and attacks all of the enemies around you um, and it's just such a potent like stun or one-hit kill or Like chunk of damage that I don't think I could have made it through the game I couldn't have especially made it through Ganon without that one whereas, you know, a lot of the other You know uh, hero benefits I felt like were really nice and useful, but I could have gotten through the game without them it could not have gotten through the game without wow. year. Wow, I, I,
0: I used it as often as I could, but I, in terms of like fighting, I find that like the, I don't know, they're they're all equal to me except for the jumping. That was like a utility tool in terms, but like in terms of like coming back to life, that ability and getting the extra few health, that was game changer for some of the boss fights because I could never. Bifas grace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the shield from the salamander from the the go- gorons yeah or whatever? yeah yeah the, I, I that one there was so, so many there's so many times when like i had no shield or nothing or I had a weak one and i'm just like banking on this deflection i'm like hit me and then die for some reason like i used that quite a bit and i didn't start a fight without it and you're right even this one this was like the like the attack one this is the one where you're more aggressive with it and it's probably your only aggressive attacked ability so yeah it is pretty good
1: for me it was key to taking down any of the guardians any of the like i used it with the lionels a ton like it was key for me in a ton of my fights
2: uh i think my most used ability was Mephis grace but that was not by choice <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i don't think anyone any one of us want to admit it as much as that's probably
0: true <laughs> there's at least one um, moment when like i was really low health and i didn't want to eat my like food that i had made or whatever I just took a few shots, revived, and I reset that like health timer, and yeah. that was my my way of eating quickly.
1: Yeah, I I kept a lot of the um, meals around that gave you not only full restore but like extra hearts. Yeah. Um so that way, you know, whenever I got down to two hearts, I was like, I'm gonna eat one of these before Mipha's Grace has to kick in. Totally. Um or before I had Mipha's Grace. Um I think there's one more thing in this area that we should probably talk through, and that is the Yiga hideout. And Master Koga. Yeah. Um, set it up for me, guys. Like, how, how does this section work? Uh,
2: it's essentially the only stealth section of the game. Um, and you basically... <laughs> True. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you have to essentially sneak by all of the... I can't remember the name. You just said it. What are they called? The Yiga Clan. Uh, the Yiga yeah. Clan. You got to sneak by all of them. Uh, and there's bananas everywhere. And these guys... <laughs> just love bananas so you can kind of throw bananas out in order to it's almost like you know how like say in, in the far cry in the far cry games or like most stealth games you could like throw a rock somewhere and they'll go after it essentially for these guys you can just drop a banana down and they'll go after it.
1: <laughs> yeah so this is this i don't understand what the like joke is and we didn't set this up earlier but the ego clan for some reason are out to kill you throughout the whole game and you could stumble across some poor villager on your on your travels along a path And go, and they're like begging for help, and you go up, and you're saying, "Hey, like, what's going on?" And they're like, "Ha
0: ha, time to
1: kill you, right?" And then they drop their disguise, like their Naruto character, and then have like this sickle in their hand that they start coming at you with. And every one of these ego clan that you kill drops like a rupee and um, bananas. It's it's just like this weird constant with them. Um, I thought they were like a pretty cool. I don't know race or whatever that that you end up bumping into.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a unique like NPCs type or like group of NPCs that was nice to see. It's like just just another thing this game does. Change things up. Yeah, it adds a new yeah. different thing, and even you'd even see them around randomly though, like in like paths, and they always teleport, and it was always a tricky fight, but it's always a totally different fight than some of the other NPCs that just charge you and swing.
1: I agree with you so much, Galen, that it was the only area where you had to be stealthy other than, like, maybe grabbing a horse or something. Um, and I thought it was so rewarding to not use my big clunky, like, armor to have to, like, eat food that made me more stealthy to, like, you know, figure out how to go about this without triggering a giant fight. Um, but let me let me say, once you get the big katana from, from the guys in the Yiga clan... It was, like, one of the best weapons as far as I was concerned. It shot, like, a blade of air at people. So you could you could kill people up close and from afar.
0: Wow. I didn't use it once. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was. I really liked those guardian weapons. Like, even the small single-handed swords and, like, whatever it was. But, man... The, your excitement for it made me upset because I'm like that thing took a slot and I never like thought to use it. Like, I think I used it in like a one of the shrines once and I was like, Oh, this shoots wind. Wind doesn't hurt anyone and I switched it to something else.
1: <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I, I thought it was like a great weapon. I thought it was also super cool. I think I found one of those before I found the Yuga clan. Um, from just some random person fighting up. Oh, you maybe know, that's in what the, I found. It, nowhere.
0: Was it hard to get the and, Yuga one?
1: Well, the only place I ever found it from that point forward was fighting the Yiga Clan. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had found it and I was like this is so cool. Like this guy, my my Link's got a katana as big as him. And uh yeah, for a while I had it in my house in Link's house on the wall as like here's one of my prizes yep. before I before I had to make space for other weapons.
0: Can we dive into this Link's house because Completely over my head. What? Get where? Out of who? Here. Are and you serious? You can hide your swords.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, wait, Galen, did you do I, Link's house? I did it. I
2: I don't remember a lot about it. Like I remember, okay. I remember doing it. I remember being able to display a bunch of your like you said weapons or like shields or whatever you had. Basically, there was uh just a spot for you. there were different spots for you to display uh different items that you collected. Um, I just can't remember where it was. So th- I do remember it cost yes. a or it costs a lot of money though so
1: it costs a lot of money go ahead. so
0: this essentially becomes animal crossing is what you're saying
1: <laughs> yes let me let me tell you mo you missed out on the greatest disappointment in breath of the wild <laughs> it is mm. such a letdown i'm happy you spend so much money on this house yep <laughs> not only do you have to like give him a ton of money but you have to give him a ton of wood too So I just spent a ton of time chopping down trees. I'm like, this place costs so much. They are asking me to do so many things. This has got to be worth it, (laughs) right? Like it's gotta make sense. It's gotta work out. And let me tell you, once you get it, it's like, great. You can put up one weapon and one shield in this whole place. There's, there, there might be a bed to sleep. I doubt it there, who knows? There could be, even that wouldn't be worth it. But then you go to yourself and you're like, okay, Maybe I just need to update this thing. Like, maybe I just need to upgrade it. What if I upgrade it all the way? And I was like, okay, let's do that. Let's see if upgrading it all the way actually makes this worthwhile. Mo, I spent so much time, money, and effort upgrading this place. The only thing it did was give me more places to store weapons and shields. This is
0: great. Because not only did I avoid the suffering I get to enjoy it through you guys, that you guys oh, have gotten to it.
2: yeah oh my god I don't think I upgraded it all the way
1: but I think I got
2: to a certain point man. where I kind of saw the writing on the wall and just went all right uh, there's cooler things well
1: to experience you're a smarter game. man than I <laughs> you're a smarter man than I I was a glutton for punishment or I just kept upgrading or it. I'm just less patient either one yeah <laughs> I you know i I think it's probably the
0: former
1: um <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, it, it, it ended up just being a display room for all my Lynels that I killed. Because mm. each Lynel, I felt, had different, like, equipment or weapons. Um, some had these, like, really insane swords. Some had these crossbows. Um, some had, like, crazy shields. I just, every Lionel that I killed, I put their, like, weapon and shield up there. Because um, while they were, like, really cool weapons to use, I wanted a trophy of, like, oh, yeah, I killed those big boys. <laughs> they, they were mine. Um, I think now it's probably time for us to get into Ganon, the castle, and the Lynels. We've talked a bit about the Lynels so far. Um, Once once you've defeated all the Divine Beasts, you're set up, which each of these Divine Beasts like shooting lasers at uh, Ganon's shield at the castle, uh, so that way you can approach and you can make a dent in it. And it is covered... This is the field that ended up like dominating me a ton and made me realize no, no, stick to your lane kit, stick to the areas, stick to the rivers that you're used to. You know, um, I there are just guardians at every turn, and unless you're like powered up and ready to fight them, it is just a slaughter.
0: Yeah, I I, is there, I'm assuming there's multiple routes, but essentially, when you enter in Hyrule Castle, you go into like a new not world but mini world where like now you're in hyrule castle and it's either you get to the end and fight or you kind of leave and have to exit it completely and start from the beginning because there's no shrines in the actual hyrule castle once you're in there it's a new mini mission kind of thing
2: yeah exactly once you get in there the map uh changes and it becomes this like 3d map which is really cool and it kind of changes as you're moving around it and it kind of gives you an idea of where all the tunnels are, which is uh, a really cool way for you, for them to kind of like further uh, encourage that exploration just to say like, hey, this is here. Um, so if it is at that point your choice, whether or not you just kind of want to just send it straight for Ganon or if you want to take your time and explore it a little more. Um, but kind of like Mike said, like the feel to get there is pretty brutal at first. Uh, once you're there, it gets a little bit easier just because there's uh, more verticality that kind of gives you some shielding from all the Guardians, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely, like, we kind of talked about gatekeeping, uh, with that Meadow and the Gerudos, or, sorry, uh, Van de Boris and the Grudos. uh, this place definitely gatekeeps you, like, right from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I, this is, this is when I, when I got to this area, when you see all the Guardians, because correct me if I'm wrong, throughout the entire, like, playthrough, even, uh, when you're defeating the Divine Beasts. Those crawler walker guardians that are, like, super strong are not that abundant. You only fight them in, like, mm-hmm. weird situations. Most of the time, you're avoiding them. Whereas now, that's, like, the common NPC. That's the most, yeah. like, abundant thing. So, it's, like, you have to fight them. Did you guys... I maybe mean, we should talk about our, our different paths and how we got to up to Ganon. But, like, for me, when I I just got the Master Sword, I just had, like, the minimum health I needed. I think it was, like, 10 or 11, like, heart oh, containers. Man. You're crazy. Well, I, I had I just enough to get the answer, and I, I was like, time to fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but I found that, uh, I don't know if you guys did too, but, like, you, when you fight those guardians, you can, like, slice off their legs with, like, one swing of the sword. Yeah. And, like, that for me, as soon as that happened, yes, their core body took a while to damage, but I just walked around in a circle, chopped them up, and then, like, just whacked them until they were gone kind of thing. I didn't find them to be more of, like, a, a block um, they're seen it is, easier, I think, with the Master Sword.
2: It is very dark soulsy in that way until it's pretty hard until it's not. And
1: then once you figure it out, uh it's pretty easy to get around them. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly how I feel about it. Like it was it was so intimidating until it wasn't. Like, um they they uh up- obliged by the same physics as anything else in the game so you can actually like flip them over or flip them on their side and they can't (laughs) do anything about it it's like one of the best ways to like knock them out Uh, but i this was another one where i felt like herbosa's fury was just op like you charge up while it's charging up you let loose not only are you doing a ton of damage with the master sword or whatever you're using to fight them with but like the lightning that rains down just completely resets them yeah. Um, what I would say is, this is the area where I realized, like, oh, I need to learn how to parry. There's no if, ands, or buts. I have to learn how to, like, send these bolts right back to them. Um, and that's one of the things I did. I, I spent a bunch of time figuring out how to parry so that way I'd be able to um, make it pretty further. And I felt like I got so good with the parrying and I set the game down for a while. And I think I had done everything up until, like, completing ganon uh and when i came back to it i could not get the parry timing if my life depended it's on it. weird i was just destroyed yeah
0: this game in general it's hard to pick up no matter i mean i don't know what the time is but like if you leave it for a day and come back i feel like you need a good chunk of time to like fight through things to learn the roles the dodging the stepping around you're right mike I'm, i can only imagine like getting up to ganon and then having like the biggest fight and your thumbs <laughs> are not warmed up like your your response time is not warmed up kind of thing
1: so Um, Okay, so my way through uh, this castle was I don't want to fight everyone along the way. There's a bunch of Ganon's Blight that's preventing me from just climbing a straight-up path. Um, I put on the the suit that allows you to swim up waterfalls that you get with the very first Divine Beast. And I just went waterfall after waterfall all the way up until the first Lionel Battle. Okay. Um, What
2: did you guys do? I did something pretty similar. I did like a combination of swimming up waterfalls and then taking the path and then eventually like seeing an opening into the castle and being like, oh, I'm going to go explore in there. Um, I think I fought probably the first two Lynels that you can find uh, and then did some exploring. And then once I saw there was more, again, this comes back to me being impatient more than anything. I was just like, I- I've already proved myself against you guys and
1: then Revala's yes. castle so guys. <laughs> 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 exactly. That's I think I literally fought two Lynels and then I was like, and I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to fight any more of you. I'm just getting to the end. I was going to
0: ask how many Lynels there are cuz I powered my way through the natural path that tells you to climb up. So like fighting the guardians and then I I beat the first Lionel. I felt pretty like comfortably. I had my like thumbs ready. And then the second one was like a grind. And then that's when I realized, "Hey, I can jump." Let's see if I can jump <laughs> over this tower. And then, then once that happened, I was like uh, and after like maybe an hour of fighting kind of thing. But yeah.
1: I think there are only two Lynels in the castle. Okay.
0: So um, maybe I skipped the but, second one then. I fought him, kept getting beat, and then I jumped over him. But
1: So I think we should probably explain what these Lynels actually are. And guys, correct me if, if you feel like we should describe them in a different way. But as far as I'm concerned, they are Minotaurs. <laughs> But instead of a human upper body, it is a human upper body with a lion's head on essentially a horse's lower body. And they have really strong weapons, um, can move very fast, and, um, yeah, are just, like, one of the hardest things to fight in the game. Because they're the perfect combo of both strong and fast.
0: Yeah, like, the, the, the every game has a super tough NPC that's like almost not even meant for the natural storyline it's just like a challenge this is it this is the challenge NPC that's when it shows up like unless you have a guardian arrow you're, you're gonna spend a good chunk of time like whacking away and dodging and parrying is a prerequisite as well I feel
1: I felt like they were so impossible when I first came across them and as I was playing this game I just started watching more and more Breath of the Wild stuff on YouTube and i ended up stumbling across people who just like you know totally demolish a lionel in like 10 seconds and take no damage and have no issue with it and that's when i realized you can hop on the back of the linels yep. as if they're horses and like take them down that way it, it was like a complete game changer for me oh that in the each lionel was different in that like some shot lightning some sh- some spit fire like each one had different attacks so like one strategy didn't necessarily apply to the next.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a visual cue that tells you what they're going to do. Is that right? Like, there's, like, a red lionel, a white one, and, like, I can't remember what other ones, but there's a good way to, like, kind of tell, okay, this one's super hard. I can't fight him right now. Or this one's super easy. It's easy gems and easy weapons I can kind of pick up.
1: Yeah, the the, the one that I thought was the hardest was the lionel that shoots uh, electric, like, arrows at you because... just can't wear your best armor around him because you're going to get electrocuted and you're going to drop your weapons while you're fighting him if he hits you at any
2: point was that the white lionel or was he a different color i don't remember they were they were just all scary to me i just remember the first lionel i crossed paths with in the game this is like very early on this must have been like less than two hours in and it was uh way off in the distance and it was, I just remember it was white and I was just like drawn to it. I was like, I'm going to go try and fight that thing. <laughs> I'm going to go touch
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: I i got humbled very quickly. I tried, for like, it, it killed me. I, I don't remember how many hearts I had. It was less than five for sure. And then I think I died in one shot and I was like, all right, it's not the time yet.
1: I went, okay. So early on in the game when I was like exploring the map and trying to like unlock as much as I could, I got on a random boat on the edge of the map and just started like using the Korok leaf to like get myself around. And I stumbled across this island and I was like, oh my god, look, there's like three chests here. And I walk over to the chests and I just see like the you know, the boss bar at the top say you're (laughs) in a boss fight, and I was like, Oh no. (laughs) And I was one shot killed by like a charging Lionel, and I was like, Nothing in the world... Nothing in the world could be in that chest that's worth it for me to fight <laughs> totally. this guy right now. The Master Sword could be in there and it would not be worth it for me to fight this guy right now. So I, I also got humbled very early on by the Lynels. I guess what we're trying to say is the Lynels are pretty hardcore. Totally, yeah. And you have to fight two of them along your way through the castle as well as deal with a bunch of the Guardian Sentries turrets and Guardians themselves as well as the like patrolling ones. Um... There's just a lot of moments where you have three red lasers on you, and it's beep 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 beep, and you know these like laser beams are come, gonna come at you, and you either need to like duck into cover, or uh, get ready to take some damage or uh, parry. But uh, yeah, it, it was it's it's a tough climb to get up there.
2: I think, especially it, if you're not ready. I think it was a very appropriate climb too. Like I felt like that matched it just it really matched the moment i thought of like essentially what the entire game is building to and i think a lot of stuff about that climb uh was uh just felt very appropriate for the game you had played up until then because it was the music was great and there was different music whether or not you were like inside the castle or you're like on the approach to it it was the same but it was like it sounded the same but it was just like very slightly different um Mm -hmm. and all the fights on the way there were very epic and everything about it was just like it was. I thought it was like an appropriate uh, crescendo to the game.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think they do a great job of kind of like letting you know if you can't handle this, you won't stand a chance against Ganon. Yeah, like this is these are the skills you need to know to be able to like handle it. Um, which I mean, I I don't know if we want to get too much deeper into the castle, but I thought it was just kind of cool to see Hyrule Castle in like a state of disarray um while still looking familiar like you can tell this was you know a place where royals hung out at a time
0: yeah you can sneak
1: um, into
2: some spots and there's like a big dining hall and you're just like oh this is but it's like decrepit and there's enemies in there and it <laughs> just has like a very like weird feeling yeah. to it it's almost like being in, it's almost like going to Anna Orlando and dark souls where you're just like this is really cool but also this is like very creepy yeah,
0: I didn't even explore the castle at all. As soon as I got in, I'm like, ganon me and you, one v one, let's go. <laughs> Besides that, I'm like, I don't care what's around here. This could be, I could be, we could be fighting on like a a, a chessboard. I have no idea what's around here. I just, I have my target. I'm going this, for it.
1: This feels a lot like you just skipping through dialogue. You know, like having a little bit more curiosity, you'd you'd experience yeah, some cool stuff. Ganon
0: talk, talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: talk speaking of speaking of ganon let's get into it. Um, anyone want to want to set us up for for what that battle looks like or how it starts
2: so essentially uh like a lot of bosses in video games it's a two-phase fight uh the first phase is uh you fight uh calamity ganon uh and he's essentially kind of like what mo just touched on is he is like an amalgamation of all the blights that you just fought um happened? kind of like a
1: spider, right? Like a fat, hairy spider. Yeah,
2: exactly. And he moves around pretty quick, but his attacks, he he, uh, telegraphs them pretty well in advance. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing, too, that's important to touch on is that if you've done all the four Divine Beasts, uh, the cutscene that plays before you fight uh, Calamity Ganon is that... Uh, It shows all of them, and they basically charge up their lasers, and they shoot him, and then it cuts his health in half for that first phase of the boss fight. Yes!
1: Oh my god. I didn't realize it was possible to do it without defeating all the Divine Beasts first, but let me tell you, that for me was like, the. it, it felt like it channeled all those moments in my childhood of like, all the transformers or all the like the megazord was being formed and like you know like the power rangers were coming together for for one more one more time it just felt like the most like you know i just wanted a a heavy metal guitar to go (laughs) like go go power rangers (laughs) it just was so good
0: totally man it's like uh i think the the big thing to like point out too is like each one takes away like each divine beast you complete takes away like, an eighth of their health i looked it up like afterwards so if you if you fought essentially two of them and wanted to fight ganon yeah. right away just because you thought you were tough then you have 75 percent of his health to deal with if you didn't fight any of them then you have 100 percent health of ganon yeah. to fight which for me when it got chunked in half i'm like thank you because like it still was like <laughs> yeah. a lengthy fight i could only imagine trying to hack him away with like bs like swords or like shields or whatever it might be but it'll be insane to fight him with full health
1: It took me, so stage one Calamity Ganon, it took me using Urboso's Fury and winding up the Master Sword to just really take him down. Um, And then as soon as, as soon as like, it, it was, it was concerning with how little damage I was doing when he was on the walls, like shooting arrows at him, shooting other things, especially when he starts glowing red or orange. Um, I was like man I don't know how to do this like I need Urbosa's Fury to like take him down a peg again to like stun him or whatever totally
0: I wasn't even stalked either so like I-, I had to be strategic with all of my shots I had to make sure all of my health was reset before I started this fight and there was they had a, I think he had a bunch of arrows around like the arena that you could kind of like just pick up and kind of use because I-, I didn't have any it was like hoping he'd come close and maybe I can peg him in the eye kind of thing
2: whoa kinky <laughs> I, um, I think he took me he, probably two tries to get. I remember, uh, I mean, that's including Mipha's Grace on both tries. Uh, but yeah, he I, I don't know what it was, but for some reason I just like felt like I just, I think I went in like, I, like I kind of talked about this entire podcast is I've, I went in like way over prepared. I went in with like a lot of arrows and just like a lot of very strong weapons and I was like, all right, I'm ready for this.
1: Same. I went in, like, stock to the gills with food, with weapons, the only thing that I didn't have was shields, because I think I had broken a bunch, like, sand surfing or <laughs> surfing down mountains on them, uh, which was something I only figured out how to do, like, late in the game. I only figured that you could just, like, ride your shield down the mountain at the end.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know how to do that. but I have not, not a single <laughs> shield broke. <laughs> on a single one. I think maybe from fighting, but like not from my like leisure. I don't break yeah. skills with leisure. Not for sport.
1: Yeah. Okay, so you make it through stage one of Ganon and what happens? You face horsey Ganon.
2: Yeah, his I remember it's Dark Beast Ganon and Zelda tells you yeah. to shoot him in the light spots and that's about all I remember.
1: <laughs> so there are these the like universe, yeah. yeah, and so you basically get like Zelda's royal horse. Um, all white uh, with like the Triforce like reins or harnesses on them. And you have to ride around, um, ride around Ganon and take this like OP um, arrow. Is it arrow? Yeah, or? it's light arrows. Uh, I'm going to do- double arrows. check on yeah, you, but, that, uh, that. That she gives right. you. And there are these, I don't know how to describe them other than, you know, in Doctor Strange, the like little portals that he makes with his hands. Like, those, they're, like, those on, like, different, yeah. different, like, points in Ganon, and you just have to make sure your arrow hits, like, one, like, I don't know, three targets or whatever, and then he moves on to the next, like, part of it. Um, and you just eventually do that a couple times. You just keep hitting these different, like, light sources, and then it's like, okay, hit him in the eye. So you've seen Ganon's eyes in his blight and all of these things throughout the game that you've had to shoot an arrow into and then it just you know it destroys it it disappears it opens up the path for you this is the one last time where you have to do that and you basically just wait for him to shoot his beam at the ground it creates this massive updraft and you pull out your glider you get up there and you wait until the eye starts opening up and you cast one arrow into it and gg this is like the the softest Ganon battle, um, I think I've ever played.
2: Uh, two points, just one. A correction: you are not you are given the bow of lights uh, for this gotcha. final phase of the of the fight, and um, yeah, it is kind of everything that I said about it. Felt like leading up to it, this perfect crescendo of the game. It does kind of fall flat at the very end. <laughs> yeah,
0: not. To, I guess it doesn't really matter. Spoiler alert! But like, once you defeat him, he still exists in the game. That, yeah. for some reason, sat kind of weird with me. I'm like, oh, okay, it's just for replayability. But in my head, I'm like, wait, did I not beat him? I actually Googled it after, like, what to do after defeating Ganon. And some kind soul online was like, you beat him, you just, he always is there, and you can fight him again, blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah, it does a weird video gamey thing that uh, not all games do, uh, but sometimes they do, is where they just kind of kick you back to right before you start the final mission. Basically, like, your most, yeah. your most recent save before you start that whole uh, trek up to Hyrule Castle. Um, which is I don't know know what the other option was for them but it was kind of it was like a weird feeling after like you just you just completed the main objective of this game um, and then you're kind of kicked back like it never happened
1: yeah so yeah a little bit a little bit of a disappointment after such an amazing like experience of the game Um, still (laughs) you know it's I guess it's hard to wrap up a game this big um, with this much leading up to it but legit my one of my favorite moments in that boss battle was just seeing the four divine beasts come together to shoot the like supercharged light beam at him uh and, and knock him down a peg um okay so we've tackled the divine beasts we've tackled ganon i think there's one more thing that we really need to to tackle before we close this up and i think in the interest of time let's keep it to one each what were some of your like what was your favorite weird side event or story or side mission or thing that you noticed um, as in the process of playing the game?
2: So for me, another thing I encountered early on that hum- again humbled me very quickly uh, was the spirit dragons. Um, and if you've never encountered them or if you haven't played this game, essentially what they are are these like massive dragons that are kind of like, they're not your typical like, like Skyrim looking dragons. They look more like these like kind of snaky dragons. And they have like, just this... They're big- like Shenron. Yes, exactly. Um, so they're kind of just... You're you're just walking around minding your own business and you look off and then there's this big Shenron-looking dragon <laughs> and he's just off in the distance. And if you're me, you're just kind of like, I'm just going to go over there and see what that's, that's about. Um, uh, a smarter person probably would have just like just cruised on by because that thing's up, like 300,000 times the size of you. Um, so I approached him and then I think I should... I don't think he's aggro to you unless you aggro him first. Um, so I shot him with an arrow and then pro- he probably <laughs> killed me in one shot. Um, so I was, again, it was just like, all right, I'm going to move on. I'm going to come back to this later in the game when I'm stronger or have a better idea of what I'm
1: doing. Uh, I thought those dragons were such an interesting like addition. They, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just like such a cool addition. No,
2: I completely agree. Like, I. I think the point that they're going for is like for you to just be like, what is this majestic beast? And that is exactly how I felt when I saw it. I just was I was completely drawn to it. Um, but there's So there's three of them in the game. Um, their names are... There's Dinral, uh, Feroche, uh and then there is Nadra. Uh, I believe the one that I encountered first was Dinral. That was the one that killed me right away. Uh, and then I encountered Nadra spontaneously uh, and was able to... Uh, you don't kill him. What he does is he's covered. He's covered in the calamity, and essentially you cleanse him of it, uh,
1: and then he gives you some rewards. So I I did that one. I cleanse Um I found Dinroll's scale super early, mm-hmm. um, and I saw Farouche, which is I think like the lightning one on one of the more tropical areas. Um, but Dinroll is the one that I like was. Flying through a canyon between two separate areas, and I was like, oh my god, like I could just hop on top of him, right? Like everything else in the game, you could get on top of him. So I jumped off the cliff, and because he's like essentially fire, um, there's like updrafts all around him. And I was able to glide right on top of him, and I dropped to like to land on him, and (laughs) I just took a series of damage. Because you are not supposed to touch them, you are not supposed to be able to land on them. Um, I just basically rolled off of him in fire, um, <laughs> taking damage every every bit of the way down him. It was one of the. It was like it was like three Stooges walking through the door at the same time. It was like you had the right idea. It just your execution was wrong.
0: Man, so for half that I was dead silent because I'm just—I didn't realize there was dragons. And if anyone doesn't know there's dragons <laughs> in Breath of the Wild, just type in Breath of the Wild dragons and watch the majesty that these—it's spot on, exactly. It's like Shenron the Dragon from like uh, the Dragon Ball Z, but more so like the traditional like um, dragons. So the Chinese dragon. Yeah, the ones you see like on people's tattoos and stuff. This is sweet. I've, this they is are, something that would make me want to go back.
2: They are absolutely enthralling to look at. <laughs> Yeah. They're so cool. Just
0: because they were nowhere in the game, that's like, that's how it makes it that much cooler. That if you stumbled across one of these, I can only imagine. I'd lose my mind.
1: I took a bajillion photos of them (laughs) at night. And I think one of the other things is they showed up super early in my playthrough of the game, like one or two of them. And I was like, this world is amazing. Like, they've just got dragons flying around in the middle of the night. And you can just take a photo of them, and I was like, oh my god, like I can see his name, too. Like, I, don't, I don't. This means I'm going to be able to like interact with him later, yeah. you know?
0: I'm wondering if like you miss it if you play in the handheld, because it's such a small screen. Maybe my, my eyes are getting there. Maybe. Potentially. But, uh, it could be when you play it on a big life. screen, you'll see something flying across, and you'll be like, oh yeah, let's go see that. But I didn't see these at all in the world, or even had a clue. Like, if you guys didn't bring it up, I would have just never known about it.
1: Yeah, what a, what a great addition. Cool. Um, Mo, what was your weird side event?
0: Nothing as cool as that, but uh, <laughs> I did talk about how I love the, the Master Sword, uh, like just the, the arc of it, like seeing it, working for it, eventually getting it. But in order to get it, I had to go on like the shrine quest, essentially, um, to explore the whole map. And well, one thing I discovered was that little island, I'm not sure if you guys saw it, where there's a, it almost looks like it's too far to fly to. Cause like every single cliff that you, I went to the highest cliff I could find. I tried jumping and I'll die before it. And then you come to essentially realize that you just have to kind of get to a little smaller island. It has one of those little boats that you use your korok leaf to blow yourself across. And as soon as you get there, you get kind of notified that this is a challenge where you, in order to like, uh, finish the challenge and get the shrine, you just have to like, uh, move these like balls into certain locations to unlock the map. And how it starts is you wake up on this island. Uh, you lose all of your items. You're pretty much in a loincloth or just your underwear or whatever. You're playing a
1: game of Survivor.
0: Exactly. And it's like, hey, get off the island. And, like, you have to figure it out. So there's the small little NPCs. There's something, mini missions and puzzles. But I, I thought it was really cool that, like, during my, and not annoying, but when you're when you're grinding out something in a game, sometimes you can kind of become a chore. And this one, I found that, like, I, I stumbled across it during my quote-unquote chore and it made it so much better. I'm like, oh, this is totally worth like grinding out a shrine because it's so cool. I'm like starting a little survivor minigame.
1: This is even Tide Island, right?
0: Oh, i I don't know if it's that's the name, but it might be.
2: I believe I believe it is. It's the one where you get there and essentially just kind of it, a cutscene doesn't play, but the screen goes to black really quick. And yeah. Like basically yes, it strips you. Yeah. Exactly. It's a cool kind of moment where the. It's almost like they taught. It's like a look where you've come for a moment because. This is how you started the game. is you started yeah. the, is you started the game with like no resources uh, and having to learn how to manage anything you come across uh, and then it gives you the opportunity to like kind of go back to that and also like which again, like a cool moment that just shows you like how much better you've got at the game uh in addition to like how uh how much the weapons that and every all the gear that you've accumulated kind of means to you.
1: I think it's so cool that you guys got to it at the end of the game you you know when i was saying like early on i faced that lionel that i stumbled across i stumbled across that lionel just after i had given up on this island uh, because i found this like pretty early in the game and i was like oh man like this is like a cool interesting little challenge but i found it less cool and more frustrating because i didn't know how to play yet but i found the experience of like having to like Figure out how you get a weapon and how you like create your own meals and get your own stuff. Um, This was also one of the first places that I saw like lightning strike the ground, create a fire in the grass, and create an updraft. Mm -hmm. Like all of these really interesting ways. I feel like I learned a ton about the game just from playing through this at an early stage, even though I definitely didn't beat it until later.
0: Uh, Mike, what was your, I guess, uh, moment?
1: Okay, so. I, I think I'm going to have to go with the Lord of the Mountain, which is this, I think you're given like this quest early on, uh, or you're given multiple quests. One is like, get a photo of like the Spirit of the Forest or whatever, which are these, like, they look like rabbits that are glowing br- glowing blue, that are, have like a wreath on their head, and they're just hopping around and they're tough to, tough to find. But there's this one mountain... Don't ask me what it's called, but it's got a bunch of cherry blossom trees on it. And it's got this like little waterfall and it's, um, super uh, kind of out of the way. It looks pretty barren. Um, uh, and if you go there exactly at a the certain time of about. night, I know exactly. Okay, Yes, about, yeah. exactly. You go there at a certain time of night and a certain day. Don't ask me how I figured out what day, what time, where to go. But, uh, when you go there, you see. I don't know, maybe dozens of these little rabbit bunnies, like spirit rabbit bunnies that are blue um, that are otherwise incredibly rare and hard to see. And they're all around this lake or not even a lake, a little pond. And in the center of the pond is this weird horse spirit thing that is like horse body up until like the face. And then it's got like Cthulhu's face, I guess. Uh, And it's all blue and it's, like the spirit of the mountain or the lord of the mountain, and you can just get on his back like a horse and ride him. And he's got like infinite stamina. The The only downside is you can't like keep him in a stable, you know? He's he's legit free. I don't, um, wow, I don't think I experienced
2: it, that. I, I know what you're oh talking about, guys. This
1: didn't happen for me. Yeah, it's unreal. I have, like, I have to it Google is. It. I was freaking out. Like, it, I felt like I'd stumbled across not, sorry, not stumble across. Like I felt like I had completed something super hard because I did not look up in in a guide anywhere how to do this. And when I finally got there, I was like, oh my God, this, this paid off insanely well for me. Um, Even though I didn't get to like keep anything from it, it was such a cool, unique experience that I'll never forget.
0: Man, I, and I wonder because this one is just as cool. I just googled it while you were talking, Mike, to see what it looked like. Yeah, it's essentially exactly how you explained. It. It's a glowing night, night, like night, it's a radioactive horse. horse. Yeah, and with
1: Cthulhu's face. In
0: the face, it seems like it's like it looks like two owls, kind of like faces side by side. But like I could, I could be wrong. That's the best thing I can. Kind yeah.
1: Of yeah, that's as. pretty much it.
0: That's so cool. Uh, I wonder how many more of these like weird creature slash mind-boggling like and, and characters that you'll never see unless you kind of explore there's probably a whole list of them yeah. online somewhere
1: there's there's so many um you know there's another one that has like a soft spot in my heart and that's Terrytown or ToRaytown, where you have to go find hudson and help him collect all the people to to build that town i'm not sure i completed all of it but that was such a fun weird quirky thing that I, that I had a lot of fun with along the way. I
2: came across it and I think I kind of, I, I threw it in the box with Link's house and I for I, I just saw infrastructure and the ability to build in this game and it's just like, I'm not making this mistake again. But I, I have seen videos on uh, essentially what happens if you do follow through and it does look very cool.
1: Again, smarter man than I, Galen. Smarter man than I. <laughs> uh, okay, boys, I feel like we have discussed Breath of the Wild to death. Um one of you know one of my one of my favorite games, I, I'm so impressed by this game, even still what five years on from its release, um, so, so impressive. Um, I again, I'd recommend it to just about anyone who's, who's ever gotten a, a switch. Um, I'm so glad that we decided to play it. Um, and I'm sad that I didn't play it sooner. Um, you know what what closing thoughts do you guys have on on Breath of the wild?
0: To me, I, I had a like an emotional roller coaster with it because I started playing for like a month, kind of w- walked away from it. Um, thought it was like t- I didn't like the whole fact that I had to, I had to figure out where to go. I just kind of want some kind of like beacon or some ways for someone to tap me along or like give me hints. walked away from it but then when I came back, I came to the realization that this is probably yeah, it's the best switch game. Not only best switch game, it's one of the best games you can like play um in like the current generation of like new video games because of how like the this the scope and how many things that you can do, discover, and still not pretty much put a dent into it. That that puts it up there for me. I I, I do play a lot of uh, Hades on the Switch, so it's tough for me to say it's my favorite Switch game, but it's definitely like a 1A, 1B kind of situation, and I I probably give it to Breath of the Wild just because of how I, I it's it's so so massive so a very pleasant experience probably one of my favorite games i've played uh, in, in general and i'm glad that this is like uh this is the zelda game that i've played and enjoyed and it seems to be the best one out there as well so it definitely lives up to the hype which is something not everything can do
1: it's such a paradigm shift like games are clearly they're going to have to be different after breath of the wild um, it, it's it's yeah it's it's like mario going 3d for the first time that's how i feel about this game yeah yeah galen what do you think
2: yeah i think mo put it perfectly when he said it lives up to the hype like i did not play this on release when it first came out and then it was one of those games that before i bought a switch that was you kind of always heard about and it was like you need to play breath of the wild like it's it's just different like it's just something special about it and then it's yeah i it get it lived up to the hype and for me like i don't have like a top like five video games or my top five favorite video games all time but like that definitely holds a spot in there somewhere. It definitely hits a very special place in video games for me. It's like up there with like the Dark Souls of the world where it's just like, it changed the way that you view video games and changed out of what you want out of a game. Every game that kind of like fits in that genre after is you're gonna compare it to it. Whether or not that's fair to the other game, um, who knows, but a lot of games have tried to borrow elements from Breath of the Wild and they just haven't been able to like kind of recreate the experience.
0: Yeah, and it's it's like almost the gold, not the gold standard, but kind of like the gold standard for if you're gonna bring in an adventure game on the Switch, b- you have to be better, which is like yeah. almost impossible for like a small studio or a small team to do. But like now, everyone's like, okay, well, is it better or worse than Breath of the Wild? And that's what it's always gonna be compared to.
2: And I do think it is like a very unique uh, experience to the Switch, and just like a, a unique experience to gaming in general. Like, there's a lot of stories or experiences that you could kind of like take from a video game and tell that story in a movie or a book or something, and it'll be mostly similar. It'll be like mostly the same, but like uh, Breath of the Wild is very much exclusive, like exclusively video game experience to me.
1: Yeah. The only way that this could be better is if the Switch controller had the A, B, X, Y buttons in the correct position. <laughs> you know? Totally. Like that's the, I spent so much time where I was like, press B, and I was
0: I'm pressing, know, it. pressing A yeah, because
1: yeah, it was in the wrong spot.
0: I'm pressing B. You recognize B. <laughs> yeah. I know where B is. <laughs> don't you you don't. <laughs>
2: don't. you dare tell me I got that where wrong. Where I come from, Xbox.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Boys, as we wrap up the show, uh, I think we should uh, figure out where we want to send people. Galen, what do people, what do you want people to know about you? Where can people find you? What does that look like?
2: Uh, If you'd like to see some more video game content from me, uh, I do do some streaming over on Twitch. So that's gonna be at twitch.tv slash but it's spelled Uh, H-4-V-E-Y. What are you playing these days? uh, Right now I'm going through uh, the Dark Souls series. I've played, I've beaten Dark Souls, one twice uh i'm making my way through dark souls 2 uh, and i'm just going to keep on running through basically every from soft game until i get bored of them amazing um and if you want to see some other stuff more like ad, uh, like real life adventure content or real life content whatever uh my instagram is uh galen Havy. uh that's g-a-l-e-n-h-a-v-e-y
1: living life in the pacific northwest <laughs> or uh the the west coast of canada P- very picturesque and scenic Mo, where can the people find you at
0: you can find me hanging out on inst- uh, galen's instagram on some of these little mountain adventures but you can find <laughs> me on most social media platforms at em or making me jealous <laughs> totally uh no you're always welcome mike i mean the, the the couch is waiting for you if you want everyone to visit um okay but uh yeah souls together too oh my gosh it's so much <laughs> better when you have like friends to play it it's it's awesome uh, but yeah, you can find me on almost all social media platforms, at um but also sitting in the Discord server, which can be found at leftbehindgame.club or leftbehindgameclub.com. Um, if you actually go to the website, we have a little button that you can click, and that button will send you directly to our Discord server, um, where you can come chat with a bunch of people, talk about games that are coming out, deals, uh, and everything in between. I really like the community that we have here, and uh, always looking for more people to join the conversation. Uh, Mike, where can the fine folks find you?
1: the fine folks can find me at all places online at ruffalo m r u f f o l o m Uh, or you can find me at my website michaelruffalo.com or ca if you're looking for me in a professional capacity and if you're looking for me when i have a chance to hang out and and chat with the fine folks you can find me in the discord at leftbehindgameclub.com and that big button in the middle Uh, we've got a great community of people sharing free games deals codes uh, talking about the the latest reveals and announcements just about everything's there if you want to come hang out um, and talk to some really cool people Um, and that my friends i'm very glad to say is one less game left behind